Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of the Football Chat. I'm so pleased you started listening. Has it got all of these things coming right up? David De Gea did let them down. Let's face it, you look at the FA Cup semi-final, David De Gea let them down big time. Yeah. Um, so it's those kind of moments where Dean Henderson is going to earn his corn at Manchester United. You're listening to the Football Chat, where we look into the fascinating world of football. But I cannot do this alone. I am, of course, joined by Chris Coughlin. Hello, Chris. How are we doing? Not too bad, Bob. Yourself, mate? I'm, I'm good. It's been a long time since we've recorded one, one of these, haven't we? It has. Is, you know, getting back to work for us both, it, it's been rather hectic and it's almost been, obviously with the Champions League and stuff, too much to to really <laughs> grasp. But uh, it's, it's nice, almost uh, an almost football-free week, just yeah. to kind of sit down and reflect. And, because next season, in many ways, is already underway. It is, you're right, yeah. So the Champions League qualifiers have already started, haven't they? They have. I saw well, Celtic are in them. Then yeah. you've got the Europa League, of course. Uh, so it, it was quite funny where the qualifiers were taking place before last seasons, if you like, tournament even finished. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but it's uh, it, it's good that it just they, they often say that we don't get a break in football, or they often say there is not a break in football. There literally isn't this year. There literally isn't. No. Is it no? So, what 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 was your um, thoughts of the Champions League final? Let's let's stay on the Champions League. Let's stay on the elite club football tournament uh, of this continent. So, what do you think of the final? That was a couple of days ago. I think a lot of us went into that game expecting it to be arguably the best final since two thousand and five. Yeah. I reckon and I'd say that because two thousand five is widely regarded, of course, as as the best Champions League final of all time. Um, Obviously, it, it, it didn't deliver that. I think both sides took a lot more, took a much more cautious approach than we thought they would. I mean, but both teams are just so free flowing, so free scoring. And it, it was such a strange scenario where PSG's billions are beaten by a former youth team product, which yeah. <laughs> it's just a, it's a strange way that football goes. I mean, he's a very good youth team product from PSG. Let's face it, Kingsley. Home is the guy that's won the league every year of his career. Yeah. Um, but just, I, I, I thought going into the game, of, well, going into the entire finals tournament, if you like, I thought Bayern Munich would win it. And uh, that turned out to be the case. No, definitely. Yeah, I just thought that in the game itself, they just cancelled each other out quite well. Like there was little battles all over the park. So Mbappe versus Davies, Lewandowski uh, versus the defence. And it was, just, it was just an interesting match. I think it started off quite slowly. And then it sort of like started picking up pace as, as the minutes went on. And the thing was, when it picked up, the fact that just Bayern Munich were more clinical in that one moment, I think if PSG had been more clinical, they could arguably have got two or three in that first half. You look at especially Neymar's chance and Mbappe's, you know, he, if he had that again, you can bet your bottom dollar he would have found the corner. I argue it was slightly underneath his feet with, uh, with the cutback. Yeah, I mean, he should still be burying it. For a man of his quality, he should still be burying it. But they didn't. And PSG uh, paid the price, of course. And Bayern Munich, they are, I think their experience at that top table ultimately delivered. Um, I think you could still tell for the majority of the PSG squad that there was that 
little bit of nervousness when it came to that situation when it when it came to the final. I know you've got Neymar's won it, Di Maria has won it, and Mbappe's reached the the semi-finals before. Um, but ultimately, PSG's lack of experience all round told, whereas Bayern's prevailed. No, it was it was an interesting game, and the uh, the next yeah, like like we said earlier, the qualifiers for next season. I'm saying this in quotation marks. By <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> next season's uh, Champions League has already started, uh, which is great. Yeah. I'm I'm I have to say because they these are all one legged these qualifiers, which I agree with, which I agree with. However, going into next season's knockout stage. I fully expect and I fully want it to return to a two-leg format because yeah. you can talk all you want. You know, it was a success. It was an absolute success, the one-legged format. It had to be done in order to finish the Champions League and the Europa League in time. However, two-legged, a two-legged format is where we have seen some of the most talked-about matches in history. Agreed. And that is why we need to return to that. You look at Liverpool against Barcelona, you look at Roma against Barcelona – Two things that ultimately have caused talked about stories in the world right now. You could tell you, you, um, and many, many more. Barcelona themselves come back from PSG a few years ago. Yeah. Um, it has to return to a two-leg format, and I fully expected to do so. Definitely, yeah. So moving on to the uh, the Premier League, which uh, starts in what two, three weeks on the twelfth of September. The twelfth of September. Although I will, uh, I've said before, I will be shocked if Liverpool Leeds is not on the Friday night because I can okay. just see it, it be, being billed as champions versus champions. You get me? Yeah. I just think that that it, it's an easy sell. It's an easy sell, and I personally, I believe, because it happens in the Bundesliga. I believe that the team that wins the title should kick off the season, yeah. whether that's at home or not. I, I, I know in, in the Bundesliga it's always at home, which I think is a little bit, a little bit iffy. But as long as the team that wins the wins the title kicks off the season, I just think that's the right way to go around it. Yeah, I think that's that is the yeah, like you said, the Bundesliga they do it. I think that's the right way. It's like a sort of like a celebratory game where yeah. the champions of the previous season get to kickstart the new one. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for this season. Leeds are coming up. Um, they haven't been in the Premier League for what, 16 seasons, 16 years. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for this season to, to restart. Yeah, I've, I've wanted Leeds back for a while. Um, I think they are they're going to be a fantastic addition. They're a team that... Is it right to say they deserve to be in the Premier League? I think you've got to earn your right to be in the Premier League, but they're a team that I think a lot of people wanted back. I think they're a team that a lot of people see as deserve in the Premier League. Yeah. And um, we're going to see Bielsable um, work, work its uh, possible magic. I think from a Leeds perspective, they would have loved a trip to Anfield, the fans. Of course they would have. And I, 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 would, have, I would have been there um, in, the, in the Liverpool end. Uh, and I, I was genuinely gutted because Leeds is a game I wanted to go to. Of course, I can't for obvious reasons. But then for Leeds fans, they've got Liverpool and Manchester United, as it stands, within a week of each other in the second half of the season where there probably will be fans or hopefully will be fans. So that has worked out quite nicely for them on their return. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it should be, uh, should be an exciting season. But who, what do you think your predictions are for, for the top four? Because I'm looking at Chelsea's transfer and the players they're buying and the quality of your players are buying obviously obviously today they bought Ben Chilwell 
um, into the squad. So some of the players they're buying and attracting is, is incredible. And you know, one of the maddest ones for me is something that hasn't been talked about that much. One of the maddest ones for me is the fact that they look set to sign Malang Saar on a free transfer after he left Nice. This is a 21-year-old who's tipped as being one of the best centre-halves in Europe going forward. And he's been a free agent for months. I I, I just, at least maybe not months, he's been a free agent for a while. I just don't understand how a player like him can run down his contract and then be picked up by Chelsea with no real competition. I just think that's a bit mad. The Thiago Silva one, bit strange. We don't know how he'll work as a 36-year-old, but of course he'll bring plenty of experience. experience, Um, Chelsea have spent money before and it's not worked out. So I think on paper... Going all Love Island. On paper, they need you know, we need to see what Werner, Ziyech, Havertz, and Chilwell are gonna do. We know Chilwell's more than capable in the Premier League, so it's more focused on the other three, what they're gonna do going forward, especially. But on paper, they have a quite terrifying side. And mm. Lampard now, whereas last season there wasn't pressure because there was, no, there was a transfer ban, you know, and obviously he did so well. With those youth team players or younger players, what happens to those younger players now is a question. Do they go out on loan, which which to me would be undoing all their hard work? Yeah. Or do they fight and stay? Because now, as you say, there is pressure on Frank Lampard. There is big pressure on Frank Lampard. Now, I'm not talking top four pressure. I'm talking top two pressure. Yeah. I am talking top two pressure with Frank Lampard now. And if any, I, if anyone thinks that isn't the case... Look at the money they're spending and tell me otherwise. Because you're not telling me Roman Abramovich is investing this kind of money for a top four finish. Top two, minimum. Yeah, they want to take City and Liverpool's um, dominance over, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, Liverpool, Chelsea versus Liverpool, second, weeks of the, second week of the season is mad. Mm. That's going to be an incredible game, that. And again, that... Liverpool, towards the end of last season, didn't look amazing defensively. So, yeah. again, that's going to be a test. Again, in this friendly against Salzburg, they weren't amazing defensively. I'd argue that. I'd argue they haven't been amazing defensively since the winter break way back in February, to be honest with you. I think there was a bit of a hangover from that, somewhat like they shouldn't have had a break, like they didn't want a break. I don't think Liverpool did want a break, but no. it happened. Been brought in. I don't think there's going to be a break this season, which uh, you know, is probably necessary to fit all the games in. But uh, that, that's going to be an incredible game. And look, City, Ferran Torres, um, Nathan Ake, two players that yeah. will more than strengthen them. And, well, I believe if Messi really does leave Barcelona, yeah. I think there's only one venue for him. Really? I, I, don't, I, I don't see him going anywhere else. I really don't. Not even PSG? I, I see, I mean... If, you, if it's to be believed what Messi's wages are, astronomical doesn't do them justice. I've never seen wages like it. Yeah. Um, but the Pep pull is going to be big. And Aguero. Don't forget Aguero pull. And Aguero, teammates, of course, for Argentina. And you could say Di Maria is a teammate for Argentina at PSG. But I just think City is going to be the bigger lure. And we, the amount of people say, oh, Messi couldn't do it in the Premier League. Well, we could might, well be, we about, we could well be about to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifyingly. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm thinking I agree with agree with you with City, but I also think PSG might be in the mix because obviously that law, PSG being so close to the Champions League, and you mentioned the financial situation. I think they're the only two clubs in the world that might be able to afford those wages. Also, I had a whisper in my ear of maybe, and I want to get your thoughts on this, would you reckon to like Chinese leagues or the Qataris or the Middle East? I know he's, he's still, when other players have gone to those sort of leagues, they're sort of coming to the end of their career. But I believe Messi can still pull punches with the best of them. He absolutely can. Um, the Chinese league, I don't think is a possibility considering... I'm not sure when this law is going to be implicated, but there's this rule coming in that limits the wages for overseas players because obviously we know all about the crazy wages yeah. at one point the Chinese Super League were playing, but I'm pretty sure I've read something where it's going to be capped to around 50k a week. Oh, uh, yeah. Lionel Messi. I mean, he probably isn't going to go bankrupt on 50k a week, but he, he is not going to accept 50k a week. No, no, definitely. With all due respect to the man. Um, Saudi Arabia... Possibly, but I don't think he wants to go down that route. I don't think he wants to almost face a bit of a resignation of his career. This is a man that still very much sees himself at the top. And the fact that Ronaldo has stayed at the top is probably another factor that means he wants to stay at the top as well. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, And I was reading that the buyout clause was, is it 700 million euros? (laughs) Which is ridiculous money. You see, if, if... I, I, I still maintain City, but it would have to be a free transfer, surely. It would have to be a free transfer, surely, because I know City have got away with this FFP, FFP yeah. case. But you can't tell me if they sign Lionel Messi with 700 million euros that there's not something a little bit fishy going on. <laughs> <laughs> like, red flags yeah, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because obviously Messi could well, and I'll say could because it's not definite, could be about to take Barcelona to court over trying to get released on a free transfer after exercising a clause. And if that happens, then I see no other destination than Manchester City. Well, we'll have to wait and see and hide behind our sofas if it happens. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just weird. Like when you see players, like I'm thinking like Steven Gerrard's, like seeing them in an LA Galaxy kit is just weird. And then like Frank Lampard, see him in a Man City kit. Is weird. Yeah. Xavi in a in not in a Barcelona kit is just weird, and yeah. potentially seeing Messi in anything other than an Argentinian or Barcelona kit is just going to be like I said, weird. I just, uh, it's incredible. I mean, the the Barcelona president he, he today tweeted um, a picture of their new signing Trincao. Well, they loaned him out to Braga, but he's now arrived back at uh, Barcelona. You have to admire the man for not logging out of Twitter. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd have logged out of that. I'd have deleted the app. I'd have put my phone away and just put it in a dark <laughs> cupboard because it, there is not a more hated man in uh, Barcelona right now. I would, very be, I would be very surprised if there was a more hated man in Barcelona right now. Yeah, there was. Uh, I was reading the news the, uh, this morning and there were fans camped out at the new camp just yeah. asking for him to stay and yeah, like, Bar- just don't go. Bar- Bartomeu out. Bartomeu out. Yeah. That, that I, I would say what they were saying, but I, I, I can't speak <laughs> Spanish. I, I don't know what the Spanish for out is. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm sure we can, uh, we, we can find out. But yeah, also the Harry Maguire situation. What is, what is going on, Chris? 
Mad, isn't it? I mean, something that I think we were all surprised by. Um, you know, Manchester United captain, um, England international. Um, just a really interesting scenario, isn't it? I mean, obviously he's a, he's come back to the country now. We'll wait and see what happens uh, with the appeal of the verdict. Um, the verdict was. Uh, the verdict was guilty. We 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 can say that it, it is a fact that it was. Yeah. Um, suspended sentence. Uh, it, it's gone to appeal. So we'll uh, we'll certainly know more when uh, when when all that uh, unfolds. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I was having um, a debate with a friend, and for, for when you're growing up and you want to be a footballer, that's what you want to be. You don't want to be a role model, and you don't want to do all these other stuff. You just want to. If football's your thing, that's what you want to play, and him going out into the into a club or a bar it's just if that's how he wants to relax that's how he should relax he shouldn't be hounded and he shouldn't be apparently he's been goaded by these uh, these other fans i don't know if they were man city liverpool whatever it may be it doesn't matter but when you are being goaded for hours and hours on end there is a point where anybody doesn't matter football or not you are going to snap and you are yeah. going to you are going to say something yeah i mean if if, if that's true it's only human nature to get annoyed, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I remember when um, Arsenal fans can have their own opinions on this, of course. Um, I, I'd welcome them. Uh, when Granit Xhaka had his outburst of course, at yeah. the Emirates, um, it, it's one of them where you have to know you have to know to restrain yourself. I do, I do believe when you are a high-profile figure, but at the same time, if I'm getting goaded by 60,000 people. Week in, week out. Week in, week out, because it, you know, it wasn't the first time Arsenal fans had made their feelings clear about Granit Xhaka. Um, there's a part of you that is tempted to bite back, isn't there? Let, let, yeah. let, 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 let's just let, let's face it. Um, of course, then what happened with Aubameyang becoming captain, but uh, going back to Maguire, obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll know more in the, in the coming weeks as, uh, as it unfolds. Definitely, yeah. And also, he was been dropped by the Nations League games by England. Um, any yeah. surprises in, in these call-ups? No. Um, to be honest with you, I was surprised that he got called up in the first place. Um, I think it was wrong of, of Gareth Southgate to include him in the squad originally. Yeah. Uh, I, I just do. Uh, because of the situation. Um, regardless of innocent, guilty... Whatever Gareth Southgate's beliefs are, I just think with the case going on, I think the sensible decision or the easy decision would have been to uh, to not include Maguire. Of course, could include him in the future, um, but with Maguire now withdrawing from the squad, obviously, um, you know, there's maybe one or two questions asked of Gareth Southgate, but because uh, you know, I presume he would have started Maguire. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm guessing so. Uh, but yeah, no, no, no major surprises there. No, definitely. I think it's been amazing for the likes of Foden and Mount being called up. But also, I was quite shocked, and it's been widely reported that Grealish didn't didn't call up. And I I, I have to agree. I thought he's I thought he's been wonderful for Villa this season. I read today that Grealish, like Southgate, saw Grealish as competition with Greenwood. So Greenwood's been called up. So yeah. competition for that position. As opposed to what position I think Jack Grealish is best at, which is the number eight role or the, yeah, in midfield, in, yeah, in the central midfield. 
I, I mean, he has played out wide for Aston Villa, scored a great goal against Manchester United from a wide position this season. Has contributed very well from wide position. But I would have had him over someone like James Ward-Prowse or Calvin Phillips, to be honest with you. Because Calvin, you know, we talk about um, players with Premier League experience. Jack Grealish before last season didn't really have any Premier League experience, so he didn't get called up. Now he has a full season of Premier League experience, still doesn't get called up. Calvin Phillips hasn't played a minute of Premier League football and gets called up. Yeah. So I just find it a li- I, when I saw Calvin Phillips, I was quite taken aback. To be honest yeah. with you, because I was like, "What?" <laughs> I've got a lot of respect for Calvin Phillips. I watched a lot of Leeds last season. Fantastic midfielder, 24 years old. I think he could do really, really well in the Premier League. But you're talking about Jack Grealish, who's a creator as well, mm. and I think warrant very, very much warranted uh, a, a place in the squad. Um, in terms of the rest of the forwards, you know, you could argue maybe, even, maybe even in terms of ahead of Tammy Abraham. Uh, I know Tammy Abraham scored yeah. against Bayern Munich, but you know, Kane and Ings, for me, are ahead of him right now because Kane yeah. is England's captain. Ended the season well. Danny Ings, we know how fantastic he was that last season for Southampton. Yeah. But I, I think Jack Wheels can consider himself very, very hard done by. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because Southgate has always said that he picks players on form, not on or not on their surname. And if if that was true, I think Grealish is is a shoe in, absolutely shoe in. I mean, if, if if that was true, then I'm not sure why he chose Tyrone Mings at the point that he did. To be honest <laughs> with you, I know Tyrone Mings is still in the is still in the squads and had a good end to the season. But at the point of it, Aston Villa were not doing enough to earn their first choice centre-back and England international call-up, really, were they? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I just thought that was uh, a bit strange at the time. I mean, no debate in Tyro Mings' quality, but Aston Villa as a whole. Um, for you, I mean, today, the news emerged that Dean Henderson has signed a new contract at Manchester United, six-year contract. Yeah. And will be staying at Manchester United to compete with David De Gea. For you now, how does that impact his England role, and who would you start in these two games? That that's tough because I think it's a very bold decision, personally. Yeah, no, no, it is. That's, I think that's that's why I said it's tough going for because what's what's your, so the options for England goalkeeper is Henderson, uh, Pickford, yeah, and Nick Pope at Burnley, and, and Nick Pope at Burnley. So it is. It's um, I don't know. It's a tough one. I think. If I was going again, going back to what I said about what Southgate said about form, I would go for Henderson. I think I'll go for Henderson now. Um, Pickford, I don't think has done enough for me. I Everton. would argue. I mean, Jordan Pickford, his form, I think he would say himself, his form isn't worthy of keeping the shirt. Yeah. I, I don't see a justification for it, especially when he can produce great saves, but say even the last game of the season against Bournemouth, really poor goal to yeah. concede. Mass- massively poor, yeah. Really, really poor goal to concede. Um, Nick Pope couldn't have done any better this season. Couldn't have done any better. Fantastic he he, kept, he kept, kept Burnley in some of the games, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, second most clean sheets in the league as well. What a season. Yeah. What a season. Dean Henderson, if you can secure the Man United first spot, he has the England shirt because Man United first choice England goalkeeper... It's an easy decision. Yeah. Uh, we'll wait and see how, because you would imagine being goalkeeper for Manchester United is different than being goalkeeper for Sheffield United, and that he should, in theory, face less, you know, issues 
albeit some of the defending last season. You know, <laughs> a bit and David, De Gea, <laughs> David De Gea did let them down. Let's face it. You look at the FA Cup semi-final, David De Gea let them down big time. Yeah. Um, so it's those kind of moments where Dean Henderson is going to earn his corn at Manchester United. And, you know, he, he want, he's a Man United fan. He wants to be their number one. And saying he wants to compete with David De Gea is actually quite exciting. I mean, we don't get really... How many big clubs can you remember having a goalkeeper battle? Yeah, I know, yeah. Because usually they always, there's always a clear number one, clear number two, and a clear number three goalkeepers. I can't but imagine always, David De Gea. I yeah. can't imagine David De Gea being a cup goalkeeper, man. It's weird. No, exactly. <laughs> I, considering what he's done in the game, it's, it's going to be an interesting battle. And I'll be interested to know... Solskjaer's thoughts on what the process is going to be when he picks his goalkeeper come the start of the season. Because mm, that that first game, who he starts sends signals. It does. It will send signals. If Henderson doesn't start, it'll send signals to Southgate thinking, right, you might have to rethink this. If he does start, what next to David De Gea? Yeah, it's there's consequences for both keepers and 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 both national and club managers. Indeed, indeed. It's actually quite exciting, huh? Yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> a little, uh, little sub-storyline uh, at Old Trafford. As uh, Chris Eubank said, a little bit, we'll add a little bit of spice to that. <laughs> How long have you practised that impression? Ah, <laughs> oh, it just comes natural. It just comes naturally. A little uh, bit of spice to that. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. That's been, I've, I've enjoyed that podcast. That was fun. It's good, good to have a good to have a good old chat and laugh about football. And well, once uh, once everything gets back underway, well, uh, we'll make it a lot more regular, my friend. It's just, it's one of those. It's uh, we're all, we're all very busy at the moment, just with getting back to work and everything. But we'll get back on it. Life, life gets in the way, doesn't it? It does. It's only you have got to have a social life. You have got to work. You have got to do podcasts. You have got to work out. You can't do all four things in equal measure. So yeah, I know. Thank it's you tough. so much, Chris. Nah, no worries, man. Pleasure. Thank you. If you have made it this far, thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Football Chat. If you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe or follow. We promise we'll be super grateful. A massive thank you to everyone at Beans Media for the help. Make sure you keep an eye on our socials for details of the next episode. Bye-bye.